Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the La Liga Lowdown podcast. Episode 23, would you believe, already of a new season. My name's Tom Harris and I'm delighted to be joined once again by Paco Pollitt to recap what's been an incredible midweek match day. Paco, Jornada 10 already, over a quarter mm-hmm. of the way through the season. How's it going and what did you make of the, the midweek action? It's actually going uh, pretty fast, obviously because of the World Cup break up- upcoming in the next uh, in the following weeks. But but I feel like it was just yesterday when we kickstarted everything on the last days of of August, and and now we already you know we've uh, gone through the the first quarter already of the of the competition. And yeah, I think we can get to quite a few conclusions already uh, regarding the teams who are going to juke it out for the. European places, uh, Real Madrid, obviously the once again the championship contenders in the top one seed because uh, they are, or at least they seem just too too reliable, too confident, too strong. And I think that the scrap at the bottom uh, is going to be mighty in in the next uh, month of May because if you leave aside Elche, who haven't been able to turn things around under Jorge Almiron the first couple of games. The rest of them are still in the fight. You know, Cadiz is only are only one one game away, one win away from uh, getting out of the of the bottom three. Girona are on the same state. Getafe, Espanyol, Mallorca, all of them win nine points. Sevilla, Almeria, Celta, all of them win ten points. So we're talking about almost half of the of the table, uh, the bottom half, uh, who are all of them candidates. For the for the relegation and at the same time candidates to actually get out of it and and be able to avoid the drop. So all in all, very interesting uh, midweek uh, match day with a couple of surprising results, a couple of expected results, and uh, all in all, very interesting with with quite a few spicy uh, score lines and actually quite a few excellent goals on the road. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those excellent goals did actually come in those games between those sides that you were talking about. Almeria versus Girona, for example, we saw probably one of the best goals we're going to see in a very long time in La Liga. And also, I mean, this this midweek as well, the penalties. I'm not sure what was going on in La Liga, mm-hmm. but we had seven over the last three days, five of them saved. And one of the best penalty records in La Liga history actually fell this weekend. We'll get on to all of that in part two. But to start 
today, our podcast, you know, we have to talk about the title race. Of course we do. It was completely shaken up by that 3-1 win for Real Madrid in the Clasico last weekend. But normal service resumes here for both clubs, really. And we'll start with Barcelona. A 3-0 mm-hmm. win over Villarreal. And it was exactly what they needed, really, wasn't it? Yeah, they they, they polished uh, the game very quickly. Uh, thanks to Robert Lewandowski and Ansu Fati being uh, absolutely on point. I think that it was only seven or eight minutes. They they were able to score three quick goals and and uh, it was done for, for Villarreal. It was lights out for them. Um, and actually Lewandowski's second goal is, is, or the first one, I don't remember. It's marvelous the way he, he turns around inside the box and he finishes. He, uh, he is possibly my, my top one contender for the, for the golden boots in, in La Liga, even though I might believe, uh, that, uh, it's not enough for Barca to be able to, to snatch the title from the, from Real Madrid's hands. But yeah, overall. You have to always uh, take into account the circumstances under which Villarreal played this game. They were, you know, in shock after what happened early on uh, Thursday. We knew that uh, Jose Manuel Janeza, who is uh, Villarreal's vice president, had passed away. Uh, I actually knew the man. He he's possibly one of the best football men. Uh, which the Valencian region has seen in the last 50 years. Uh, he was an absolutely proficient uh, mastermind at, you know, turning things around in Villarreal and turn them from a small village side into, a, you know, European champions in, in only 20 years. It's one of the most amazing feats we've, we've seen. And, and it was uh, really tragic news for, for Villarreal. By the way, we are going to rename their uh, training ground uh, with his name, uh, Ciudad Deportiva Jose Manuel Llaneza, and who were, you know, uh, shook by by the news. And, you know, Barca took advantage not only about this circumstance, but by the fact that they needed the win. They needed to quickly turn things around after the disastrous results of last week, uh, losing El Clasico, that draw against Inter, getting 99% knocked out of the Champions League group uh, stage. So, yeah, Lewandowski was in charge of... Um, taking matters into his own hands. Two more goals for them, another brace for the Polish striker. Ansu Fati was a starter. Also, Ferran Torres, I think Barca looked much better, especially at the back. Uh, and I won't, obviously, point fingers at uh, Piquet or Eric Garcia, but I think you, you could see that uh, Barca are much stronger, much confident with other players in that line of, of four. Busquets was also uh, not playing as a as a starter, and all, all in all, Barca were flying in the first half. They they was were trying to make a statement, and they were able to finish the game quickly. So all in all, good news for them, and uh, we'll have to see if they are able to uh, you know uh, link another win next uh, weekend, especially as uh, they have the the incredible incredible. A challenge of of being able to squeeze into that second place in in the Champions League uh, group stage, which, by the way, I think it's not ha- going to happen. Yeah, fitting tribute to Jose Manuel Yaneza there, Paco. Thank you very much for that. Of course, here at La Liga Lowdown, our hearts go out to his family and indeed Villarreal as a whole for the passing of one of Spanish football's greatest figures. He arrived at the club in 1994 and has overseen Villarreal's rise from obscurity to a La Liga team and of course he was there 
in Gdansk for the 2021 Europa League final. Many pictures of him lifting the trophy and what a moment that would have been in his life and of course in the history of Villarreal Football Club. But yeah, as you said, Paco, it was a very flat performance from Villarreal today and reflective of the sadness that surely must have been felt around the club ahead of such a big game. And as ruthless as it was from Xavi's Barcelona, you can see that the players took full advantage. And it was interesting, Paco, that this was the first time that Gavi, Pedri and Ansu Fati have all started a game together at Camp Nou. And over 73,000 people were in attendance tonight, even after such a disappointing week. On a Thursday, which is... And, and you know, work day with uh, people uh, going to work early the following day, I think that's pretty impressive and that speaks volumes about, uh, you know, fans uh, going back in droves to the, to the Camp Nou because... Uh, I think that the the kind of hopeness, hope, hopeness and and uh, illusion, as we say in Spanish, uh, is back to to Barca. Even though the the first couple of months of competition haven't really brought uh, good news to them, at least in in European competitions. Yeah, for sure. I mean, one of the reasons why they're not enjoying themselves so much in La Liga is because of Real Madrid and how easy they're making it look at the moment. Um, they travelled away to Elche, who admittedly are struggling defensively. We've seen them change coaches and Jorge Almiron has come in. But the way that Real Madrid were cutting through this Elche side, almost at will, they had three disallowed goals and all three of the goals really were absolutely brilliantly worked. One, two kind of, you know, movements through the centre of the defence and Elche just could not get near them. And two for Karim Benzema, or two of the disallowed goals for Karim Benzema and a legal goal for Karim Benzema, fresh off the back of his Ballon d'Or win. Absolutely clinical, and yeah, it's looking quite ominous for the rest of La Liga, isn't it? Yeah, it doesn't really look good for the rest of the championship uh, contenders because they just seem to be super confident, very strong, very... Their physicality is is absolutely on point. They they have the drive, they have the pace, they have the resistance, the endurance. Overall, uh, Fede Valverde is the the guy who is able to uh, put up a... You know, Real Madrid's face this this season, or at least for the last run of games, has been so far Fede Valverde, and and just the the energy he he exudes and the confidence, and uh, and now he's scoring goals even. So uh, I think everything is going um, in a positive way for Real Madrid. As you said, they they were able to to just slap around and thrash Elche effortlessly, and uh, yeah, it was an easy win for them. And it could have been much, much worse for for Elche, who, as you said, haven't been able really to, you know, to to feel in a different way after sacking Francisco, bringing in once again Jorge Almiron. Uh, uh, it's obvious it's it's very early, but uh, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say it's too early because uh, managers who come mid-season are expected to at least drive something out of the players to try to to extract. Uh, more energy, more, more passion, whatever uh, you might you might call it. But Elche so far haven't really uh, showed anyone that that they are paying attention to what Almiron is expected from them. We're just looking at the results now for Elche. That's ten games still Awful. without win, um, only three draws, so three points from their first ten games. They travel to Espanyol next weekend in what could be an absolutely huge game. As we say, una final. Uh, in match day 11 for both teams, <laughs> both for, for uh, Espanyol and for Elche, obviously. Yeah, let's see what Hozalu has to say for Espanyol. 
So sticking to the title race, you know, we're just talking about how impressive and clinical Real Madrid are. And then we move to their crosstown neighbours, Atletico Madrid, who it's just very frustrating, isn't it? It seems to be one step forward and two steps back at the moment. They were went ahead against Raya Vallecano at the Civitas Metropolitano through really good work from Antoine Griezmann. We were talking about him on the last pod and saying how he's he's working really hard, he's getting the results. And it was him who knocked who nicked the ball back, crossed it into Alvaro Morata to score. But Rayo grew into the game. Atletico Madrid didn't kill it off. And eventually it was, you know, they were good value for their draw. And it was painful that it was Radamel Falcao of all players to score the equalising penalty. Yeah, I think that's uh, the ups and downs that we have uh, been used to in the last couple of seasons uh, from Atletico Madrid. If if you want to make the, the metaphor or the comparison, if Real Madrid are looking clinical, uh, you could say that Atletico's consistency is... Uh, or has been inside the ER for quite a long already, uh, quite a long time already, because uh, they are just unable to string two consecutive good performances. I'm not talking about great ones, good ones. Uh, and, and that kind of, uh, uh, you could say, uh, inability to to capitalize on, on their on their potential ultimately because they have better players than the opposition you you only have to check out the the game uh, against Rayo Vallecano but Rayo Vallecano have that kind of grittiness and uh, obviously Radamel Falcao who is always going to try to make a statement to against any former uh team where he has played but yeah I think it was just another lost opportunity for Atletico Madrid who have been stringing quite a lot of those lately and uh, ultimately they might pay they might pay both in the Champions League and uh, getting knocked out of the of the title race as early as as November which would be dramatic for for Atleti fans just about you up with some statistics that Paco Atletico Madrid have actually only managed to win two consecutive La Liga games this season on one occasion. So yeah, very stop-start for Atletico Madrid for Diego Simeone and very frustrating in this race for the European spots, especially when teams around them, like Real Sociedad, are winning eight games in a row. It's the first time they've ever achieved eight wins in a row in their 113-year history. So it's an absolutely massive achievement for them. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're doing it without Alexander Izak, who they've sold, without Mikel Oyarzabal, who's been injured throughout this whole whole time. Sadiq. Yeah, Umar Sadiq as well, of course, who they brought in to replace um, Alexander Izak. They've not needed him because the likes of Mikel Marino, who scored the win- uh, their winning goal here today. Bryce Mendes as well with another assist, another goal contribution for Real Sociedad. They just look so fluid, don't they? Yeah, and, and also Takekubo doing uh, positive things for, for his team. Sorloth, who didn't score, but you know he has been uh, massive in, in several games for for Real Sociedad in this uh, eight-win run. Um, you know, overall, they, they are looking very, very good. They are looking very good. And uh, you have to always, you know, give credit to the to the manager because he surely is one of the biggest res- responsible for, for this happening. And yeah, in this game against Mallorca, I'm always going to repeat myself so far with what I've seen in the first 10 games. Mallorca are underachieving... Uh, if you look at their points, because I think they always do things to deserve more in most of their games, or at least in, in many games so far. 
Uh, but Real Sociedad were the ones in charge of trying to keep them uh, afoot and, and trying to, you know, uh, keep Ramiro once again adding an, another uh, clean sheet to, to his resume. Uh, very nice game by David Silva, by the way. Also Bryce Mendes, as you said, Ander Guevara at the back. I don't know. They are, they are looking overall very confident. And, and the biggest question now is who is going to stop them? You know, who is going to be the one? able to, after eight games, uh, to stop uh, Real Sociedad on, on their tracks because their first couple of games were disappointing. They, they they weren't the greatest, but, you know, they took the opportunity of the uh, Europa League and instead of lamenting uh, about the lost points in La Liga and lamenting about the fact that they were going to get uh, worn down by European competitions, they took those games and propelled themselves forward with their wins and that has allowed them to you know move on to the next round comfortably in in the Europa League and also uh climb up to the third spot so well deserved by Real Sociedad nothing to say about them just pure and uh, unalterated pr uh, praise on my behalf interesting what you were saying about Mallorca there Paco I've, I've just pulled up the expected goal stats for them for the past couple of weeks and Obviously, they've been missing Vedat Moriki, who is who is a huge miss for a club like Mallorca. Not just for his finishing abilities, but for, for the nuisance that he is. You know, he, he barges about in that um, penalty area and creates all kinds of problems. And it's a big target for Mallorca to work towards. So obviously, they're missing him. But if you look back to the 1-1 draw with Elche, so Mallorca 2.70 expected goals, Elche 0.33 and that was a 1-1 draw. Against Sevilla the week after, 1.41 expected goals for Mallorca, 0.18 for Sevilla, a 1-0 win for Sevilla. You are not going to surprise me. and any None of those stats are going to, to uh, catch me by surprise because definitely I think that Mallorca should have at least uh, four or five more points than now because they, they have done and put in the work in order to to achieve them, but that's the way football goes. Well, let's hope for fans of Mallorca's sake that they'll be able to turn this around and that, you know, the teams that we're going to talk about in part two aren't going to be the beneficiaries of this inability to put the ball in the back of a net. Thank you very much, Paco. We'll be back shortly after the ad breaks when we are going to talk about the likes of Real Valladolid and their incredible performance against Celta Vigo, as well as Girona versus Almeria and probably one of the best goals you're going to see in quite some time. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. 
They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to part two of this La Liga Lowdown recap podcast. My name's Tom Harris and I'm once again here with Paco Pollitt. Hello. And we're going to move on to talk about some of the other games in La Liga this this weekend. Weekend. Midweek. Midweek. <laughs> There's too much football, Paco. Don't worry, don't worry. Football. I think I think our listeners do really appreciate that we are, uh, you know, putting in the effort so late at night after after such an amazing match day. So yeah, I think they can they can uh, move on and and you know think about that they, they didn't listen uh, weekend they you did guys listen to midweek yeah midweek everyone Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday it's impossible to keep up I mean especially with all the goals that've been flying in as well and but yeah Paco talking of goals I bet if I would have asked you on Monday which side you thought we're going to score the most this match day you wouldn't have said Real Valladolid. But here we are, four goals in a magnificent 4-1 win over Celta Vigo in the pouring rain. The first time that Pucela scored four or more goals in a La Liga game in over 10 years. And Sergio Leon became the, the star of the show. He started the game on the bench, came on midway through the second half, scored, missed the penalty, and then scored again, all in the space of five minutes. Well, at the other end, Iago Aspas missed not one, but two penalties against Jordi Masip, who became the first player to save two Iago Aspas penalties in La Liga, having done so in the space of about a minute. And, you know, that's when you know it's not your day from a Celta Vigo perspective. Absolutely crazy game. Not sure how Celta lost it, given that they had 62% of the ball and 22 shots on goal. What happened, Paco? I actually don't know. Uh, That's one of those games where you... Try to uh, check out the game, make an, you know, make up your opinion. Later, check out the stats and later check out the advanced stats. And yeah, you say some sort of, you know, uh, there's a correlation. But uh, Felta had 22 shots, five of them only on target, one goal. Whereas for Valladolid had nine shots, seven of them on target, four goals. And you have to count there, obviously, that the penalty missed by Sergio Leone. I think it was an, a crazy game, especially the second half. Um, when it rains in Pucela, it pours, you could say. And uh, Valladolid fans always know that uh, it's that kind of epicness for the... <sighs> Pucela might be the equivalent to the... Can you make it on a cold, rainy Tuesday night in Stoke? You know, Uh 
and and that's my 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 metaphor for this game because um, Zorrilla is more or less the the kind of the kind of ground where big sides are able to both win and lose championships. But in Celta's case, as they are you know mid tier, mid table, they are always capable of of the best and the worst. Uh, this time they got the short end of the stick, and when the when the rain came and Sergio Leon went in there with his rowdiness and and fight and he scored the first and five minutes later scored the second one and then he got a pen and he missed the pen. You know the, the game was already off the rails and that, and that's why Celta could just uh, try to, as we say in, in Spanish, capear el, el temporal, hide themselves from the storm, uh, try to minimize the 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 harm that they could get their way because if if the game had gone on, on for 15 or 20 more minutes this game was a 6-2 7-3 easy scoreline I think it was quite a good summary of Celta Vigo really because I was watching them and when it was 1-1 I was thinking wow Celta Vigo might go on to win this they're playing some really good stuff and then <laughs> complete and utter capitulation it's just... absolutely off off the mark it was you know they weren't accurate the the decision making process the 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 last uh touch the last finish the last that was what Celta missed not only on this game but on several others being played already this this season and that's why they don't have uh more points so far yeah i mean three defeats in a row now for Kudet's side next game against Hetafe is going to be a big one for them to to get back on track yeah. Talking about games with, with crazy penalties, we're going to go to your side now, Paco, and with Valencia not win this game at Sevilla. A very, very painful miss in added time, on added time, on added time by Jose Luis Gaia with a, with a penalty miss in the last hmm. game. Uh, actually, it's a pity that, first, I'm so tired. Second, uh, we have so little time to analyse this kind of stuff because... You could actually write a long, long text or a long, long rant on my behalf, if you want, about what is going on in Valencia this season. If you only get their first halves, they are possibly a Champions League contender. If you only watch their, their second halves, they are contenders for the drop, you know, relegation zone side. That's what's happening with Valencia. And that was just another example of this kind of Unconsistency, being just unable to have the maturity, the experience to hold on to the game instead of letting go, as I said earlier, off the rails. And Sevilla, who were dead by halftime, they resurrected in the second one. Obviously, the subs were going to come in, but Valencia's lack of experience is dragging them down. And that's why they don't have more points. So all in all, I have to say it was a fair result because at the end of the day, uh, Sevilla deserved more in the second half. Mamar Dasvili was once again, uh, you know, one of of uh, Valencia's important men, and uh, yeah, Gaia had the chance of winning it and he missed. Um, unfortunately for him, but fortunately for the fans, it doesn't matter because he has already extended his contract till 2027. So uh, yeah, we had a disappointment, but uh, we are going to have many chances for Gaia to score both from the penalty spot and from other spots on the on the pitch. I was going to say it's a very, very interesting move for Jose Luis Gaia. I also, watching this game, was impressed once again with Edison Cavani, I've got to say. I mean, he, he looks dangerous whenever the ball comes in for Valencia. Mm. It's just his mere presence. And the experience, Tom. That's that's what I was talking about earlier. Whenever uh, Cavani is, uh, you know, plucked out of the, of the ground, of the pitch, uh, that's when... Valencia start uh, spiraling out of control and, and and being dominated by the opposition. 
Cavani is not only the goal scorer, he's possibly Valencia's biggest uh, experience item. And that's why they have to play him as much as, as possible. And that's why his 35-year-old physique is uh, hurting or, or struggling in, in this first stretch of games. Remember, he has been like six months without playing an official game. And he's, he's coming around. He's slowly getting there. Uh, but yeah, yet another goal for Edinson Cavani. What an amazing cross by Fulquier. My God, I have to say that. Uh, because we know that he's not his biggest asset, uh, his crosses. So yeah, all in all, interesting game. And San Paoli remains unbeaten so far, but he doesn't win. So I understand Sevilla fans who are, who are angry. Yeah, he does remain unbeaten, but that is actually the seventh game in a row at the Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan that Sevilla have failed to win. And that is the longest streak they have ever been a on. A long one, yeah. Longest streak they have ever, ever been on in their whole history at the Ramon Sanchez Pizjuan. So they need to sort that out next time out against Rayo Vallecano. Before then, they have a game away at the Santiago Bernabeu, so we'll see how that one goes. <laughs> hmm. so moving on to another incredible game, Almeria 3, Girona 2. Don't know how it ended 3-2 because there was a, a disallowed goal in the dying seconds for Girona. Yangel Herrera, very, very controversial decision. Very I, close. I, I'm going to go out on record and say that I don't think it should have been disallowed. I think this game should have been 3-3. But nonetheless, we look at Almeria and we, we were talking about them a couple of weeks ago, Paco, when you know when when Uma Sadiq left and yeah, I think their their average, you know, their expected goals per game dropped from about 1.5 to 0.3 in the games before and after he left. So they, they look, clearly lost a lot of attacking firepower. But that's a, that's the a second time in a row at the Powerhall Stadium. They've gone 3-0 up at half-time. Mm -hmm. They very nearly let it slip today, but I think Adrian Imbarba and Gonzalo Malero are, are, are looking good for them. Yeah, please, plenty of tension for, for Almeria fans after having the game absolutely won uh with that embarba screamer from outside the box which, which was you know i have to say that the the keeper wasn't really in his best shape even though the goal was amazing but but yeah that's always uh a, sliver, a sliver of of doubt but yeah they had the the game won and suddenly uh they they fell off the horse and and girona scored and then scored another one and then they had the chance to to level the game and the referee that said that it was a foul over the keeper so overall interesting uh game between two sides who are destined and doomed to struggle this season even though in several games they have shown that they have quality to be like easily mid-table sides but uh la liga requires much more than that the, it requires consistency and that's what almeria both almeria and girona haven't shown to date yeah, of course. I mean, just watching this game, I know it's easy to see because Almeria won it, but I was certainly more impressed with Almeria than I was Girona. I think it's five games now without a win for Girona, and, and you mm -hmm. look how well they played in some of those games they've lost. Obviously, they played Real Betis and Real Madrid and um, Real Sociedad at 5-3 defeat. Atletico Madrid, sorry. And Real Sociedad at 5-3 defeat, but, you know, they're just not able to turn these performances into wins, and when they don't play well, as they didn't really today in the first half, they're going to lose as well. So they, they really, really need to turn this around. As we said, Adrian Barbar must have been 40 yards out, an absolutely incredible goal. And Christian Stuani missed the penalty for the first time ever in La Liga. They'd record yeah. before this miss was 17 out of 17. and he It missed was long due, you know, it had yeah. to come someday. 
but he missed one and then got one two minutes later and scored that one so he made up for it instantly but obviously they both would have gone in and it might have been 3-3 so again another topsy-turvy game and yeah definitely recommend looking at the highlights on on youtube for that one to to see that in bad goal so three more more games to go i don't think we're going to have time to squeeze them all in but we're going to have to talk quickly about getafe versus athletic club Two mm-hmm. in the end, and obviously we've been talking a lot about Ernesto Valverde and, and Athletic Club. It's another slip-up for them. That's three games now that they've failed to win. Um, but there were definitely some good signs, and I think, you know, looking at the goals that they did concede, I think it was uh, more down to individual mistakes that, than, than you know, problems with the, with the formation and with the performance. Would you agree? Yeah, whenever you are able to, to put place yourself uh, to one away from home, you have to, uh, you know, tie the knot on, on the game and, and take it home. If, if you are unable to do so, it's because you are lacking something. Uh, I don't know if it's experience uh, dominating the, the tempo of, of the game, but but yeah, I think that Athletic have, you know, uh, it's a bump on the on the road. They are playing against Barca next weekend and uh, it's going to be tricky for them. But uh, yeah, overall, I think that uh, they were trying in Getafe's case trying to get out of the pit trying to uh, bounce back after after each blow and uh, I have to commend to some extent what uh, Kike Sanchez Flores and his side has been, do- have been doing because it's tough to get out of there you know and, and if you check out the latest results they have always tried different things and tried to you know get something positive but four games without a win and that might drag them because it's only a handful of games before the break. And we know that those six weeks without football can get very, very long if you are in the relegation zone when the time comes. Yeah, 100%. And, and for Athletic Club as well, you know, we were saying that it's been a couple of games without a win for them. And the way other teams in and around them are going, these points could be costly come towards the end of the season. Another team in and amongst the fight are Osasuna. They finally won again. They back to El Salar. And it was a very comfortable 1-0 win over Espanyol in the end because Espanyol offered very little and also sooner really suffocated them and kept them out of the game. Yeah, Budimir was the one in charge of scoring that goal and, uh, you know, Jose Lu didn't score, which is news, we have to say that, <laughs> to some extent. Uh, but yeah, Espanyol are one of those uh, unreliable sides that you cannot really analyse every single week because they are capable of, of the best and of the worst. Whereas for Osasuna, finally were able to win once again and, and turn around their, their luck after a string of games which wasn't really that positive for them. Uh, it was four games without a win. And uh, yeah, ultimately they are once again in the European race. Seventh, 16 points, only two away from Athletic Club who is who are on the on the sixth place. Yeah, exactly. You've got Betis, you've got Osasuna, you've got Villarreal, you've got Athletic Club. It's going to be out there in Sevilla if they, if they make a recovery in the Jorge Sampaoli. It's going to be an absolutely fascinating race for those Conference League and Europa League spaces. So that's all we've got time for today. Thank you very much, Paco, for joining me on this podcast. You're welcome. Thank you, Tom. And obviously, make sure to check out our Twitter, to follow us on Twitter, at La Liga Lowdown, where you'll see lots more reaction to the, the, the midweek results. Also to follow our Substack at laligaloda.substack.com. And we'll be back with a fresh newsletter tomorrow morning and a fresh podcast on Monday. We'll see you then.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.